Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Podcast starts now. Hello, everyone across the world. You are listening to Stradio Lab. Um, uh, I'm joined today by my <laughs> gorgeous intellectual co-host, Whoa. George Severus. Hi, George. How's it going? Wow, Sam. So professional. <laughs> Thank you. I thought it would be like I started talking and normally I feel like I have more energy when I start. And this one, I feel like I started actually low energy and I had to like find myself. Mm-hmm. And so then I started to be like, oh, it would be funny to like pretend to be uh, introducing a show. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> to pretend that you take what we do seriously. <laughs> yeah. And the, like to give it a little weight, I felt like was kind of fun. I feel like I would actually be great at introducing people as a career, but um, I completely, I, I think we would both be very good at that, actually. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe I would sound like I'm mocking them. <laughs> I no, do think no, no. like if I, when I imagine if I ever have the great honor of presenting an Academy Award, for instance, I would have to, I, when I read the like, you know how everyone has to like define acting before presenting the award? They're like, mm-hmm. a great actress embodies, uh, embodies a woman, but also has hair challenges yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. i would yeah i would say that like and it would sound like i was mocking amy adams or whatever Mm. no i think coming from you it would kind of sound like i don't say this about a lot of girls (laughs) like (laughs) i think it could sound like really special and Mm -hmm. it would actually be maybe the most special intro of the night thank you 
I do prefer, <laughs> I prefer the intros for like the categories, people, quote unquote, like the, you know, a mainstream non-film audience, quote unquote, doesn't care about. Like when you're introducing like film edit or like sound editing and you have to be like, a great sound can go from ear to ear more <laughs> from country to country, transcending language. <laughs> I know that people are like, keep the film editing category. No, in the don't podcast. do this. You're going to get hate mail for what you're about Good. to say. Good. I say cut it all. No. I say, I say cut the boring shit. I don't want to see it. If I'm wow. watching the Academy Awards, I want best actress 14 times. I want <laughs> I want best actress in a blah blah blah. Best actress in a superhero movie. I want best actress in a in a prestige movie. No. I want best actress in a girly movie for, for the okay. girls. <laughs> I do kind of like adding more genres, specifically girly movie and superhero movie to the Oscars. <laughs> I do. I disagree with, I think all the technical categories need to be celebrated. This is the one night they get. Not everyone is Jennifer Lawrence. Look, if we're celebrating the people that are technical, it's like, look, we need a masonry night too. Like we should, (laughs) like this. You want to celebrate only the humanities, not, not the people that are STEM. (laughs) It is actually, the Oscars are the one area in our society where STEM, where people in STEM are, marginalized (laughs) i think that you know i'm not a psychopath i understand they deserve to be recognized for their work but i'm just like i'm not gonna watching this broadcast i'm not gonna be like you know who's a great film editor actually it's stan borgenstein stan borgenstein's actually not very good No, you have he's to. Admit, he's his, overrated. No, his, it's tight editing, and I know that maybe that's not everyone's style. Maybe right, it's a right. More you modern prefer loose, to. flabby editing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. It is an interesting question how to make the like the, the Oscars. It's almost like part of it is just the fact that they keep failing over and over again. They keep making all the wrong decisions. No one is also like cinema has never been less important to mainstream culture. Yeah, which is kind of sad or not kind of sad it is sad <laughs> let's yeah, face it it's sad it's sad yeah movies are books now in the sense that people uh don't want to watch them it, it really it makes me feel reactionary because i'm like no like we need to bring it back like how do we do it well there's just no way we gotta change the, 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 the. <laughs> like there's no like it is literally a niche interest to be interested in Oscar movies that used to be the most mainstream possible thing was like if you watch like old truly like you know watch like an old sketch show like SNL or Chappelle or whatever they would reference movies that now would be considered too niche like the Oscar movies were do you know what I mean it's like yeah 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 like something like uh the hours it's like that was mainstream culture whereas if something like that came out now it would be like what are you gay (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean isn't the whole thing like the mid-budget movie I dead know, or I whatever know, know, and like true. blah, 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 blah. But the mid-budget movie can be dead, but at the very least, like the Oscar movie can be like a prestigious thing. But even that no one cares about. Like basically, like it literally doesn't even matter if a movie wins Best Picture. Well, it's also because like Oscar movies have like, <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I feel like they've eaten their own tail in a way where it's like so many Oscar movies feel like parodies of oscar movies 100 yes no, and you're, i'm you're like right. that, just, the worst time for that was like there was one year where there was both the imitation game and theory of everything do you remember those two movies yeah and yeah. i was like those are the same <laughs> let's grow up and accept that those two movies are the same 
Uh, yeah, and actually we didn't need either of them. We didn't of. need either of them. I think it started really going south with the King's Speech. Like, King's Speech was a huge year for culture as a whole flopping. <laughs> King's Speech <laughs> is one of those things that's like, it was a punchline in the moment. Like, yeah. it, like, for it to win an Oscar is like, okay, so nothing means anything. Something that people don't realize is that Obama-era Oscars some of the worst years in like it, honestly the Oscars were better under Trump I'll say it no <laughs> so you're you're arguing so actually um, aren't really bring thrived back. under yeah, aren't really thrived under Trump I'll say that specifically yeah. like mid-budget Oscar movies no because no, when was not. hold on sh shut up <laughs> unbelievable yeah Moonlight was 2016 would we have gotten that if Hillary won I don't think so <laughs> was was that was that pre-Trump? Because he I guess, was elected I guess it in came out. I, it certainly was filmed pre-Trump. <laughs> yeah. So actually, Moonlight is why that was Trump was a reaction uh, to Moonlight. It was a, a right wing reaction. Trump was a right wing reaction to Moonlight. <laughs> I, I believe it. I mean, yeah, sure. Specifically to Naomi Harris's performance. Am I right? <laughs> wow. I don't know if that's a drag or a. a it's a whole phrase. Google it. <laughs> <laughs> okay she plays um, the mom and a lot of people said she her performance was uh made some provocative choices hmm well maybe i'll have to go back and celebrate that film with a closer <laughs> yeah, eye yeah. to mock the actress who plays the mom <laughs> <laughs> yeah i will say something that's wrong with me is that i will be more likely to watch a movie if someone's like no there's a really bad performance in it than if they're like it's actually like a beautiful quiet reflection on you know grief i'll be like i know yeah, i can probably skip that one but if they're like this actress is like kind of crazy i'll be like "Ooh, i have to see it <laughs> <laughs> and yet you still haven't seen vox lux i know it's that is a movie I do want to see, and yeah. I feel like when it comes into my life, I will be happy, but I have not seen it yet. You have seen Mother. We've talked about Mother. Of course. I mean, Mother is probably one of the best movies of all time. <laughs> the, that, the art pop of movies, for the sure. The art pop of movies, yeah. Again, I mean, Trump era. I mean, I, listen, I'm just stating the facts. <laughs> was that Trump era? I think so. No, it definitely was, because I was living in New York. I've never lived in New York under Obama, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> you would have loved New York in the Obama. You know, era. I really do think I would have. Like that was, was kind of a heyday of the pitchfork, dirty projectors, Solange. Oh my God. Know. Young, wild, and free. Young, oh yes. my Young, God. wild, and, you know, at least free on the surface. <laughs> Second, second Obama election. I'll out my no. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I forgot to vote. I forgot to vote Damn. on the second Obama election because you were just so happy from being out, out wild and free, young wild and free. Young, and I was like, and, and I was like, yeah, I forgot to vote, but I'm still going to go to a bar and like watch the election results Damn. and just like. <laughs> and guess what? He won, and everything. I it was no no harm done. As and long as you didn't forget to vote in twenty sixteen and twenty twenty. No, you're I've good. remembered ever since. But it is something I think about of my extreme ignorance in the Obama era was truly like I forgot to vote, and I was like, well, who cares? Like, no, it, he it's won, so and like everything's good in the world. Well, I also, I mean, listen, we don't have to get into it, but like ultimately, I would never not vote. However, we do live in New York. <laughs> New York is not going to go to um, what's his. Who was running at the time? <laughs> Wait, wow. literally, who was it? Mitt Romney. I, you know, isn't that nuts that it was Mitt Romney and Paul Ryan? That is nuts. Talk I about actually, a TVT. Have I told you about how my old boss used to be Mitt Romney's chief of staff? 
No, this was like many, many jobs ago. But <laughs> I remember finding out and being like, well, <laughs> guess that's part of my life now. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Did they have any juicy Mitt Romney gossip? Um, mostly that he was an upstanding family man. Oh. And that hmm. she wanted him to be president. Oh. Retro. Yeah, I actually did forget completely about that election. And I'm happy for that. I hope to forget about all elections. I do day. think that election was very King speech. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah. yeah. I, I would say the re-election of Obama is the King speech of elections. <laughs> it was like, okay, well, congrats, I guess. I'm not yeah, stunning. I guess that's good. <laughs> um, oh, my God. I mean... I, first of all, I feel bad. No one attack me. I vote all the time. Sam now. votes. All, <laughs> Sam votes actually illegally multiple times. Like, I voted three times for um, Biden because I stand by him so much. Mm-hmm. Um, in the primaries, I, you didn't vote in, in the, the general, but you voted three times for him when he was up against Bernie, right? Yeah, yeah. I just thought Bernie was too loud. Yeah, too loud. <laughs> <laughs> too loud, and and all the Bernie bros. Am I right? Oh, and don't even get me started. Right, right. Don't get me started. Bernie bros. Yeah. Do you think it's crazy? It's crazy that when the the next election comes inherently, life will be like miserable again. Like, I think I forgot how bad the discourse was. I I can't think about it. About around Bernie, like on Twitter, it was like, oh no, it's going to do that again, but about other people. That's why... 2012, which was the king speech of elections, was the last election that was just chill. I, <laughs> it's like, and everyone chill for one second. I missed the 2012 election because it was like the only, it was like the last election that was like vibes. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. People were like, let's ignore the issues for four more years. We don't have to get into all of it now. Uh, yeah. Like right now, we're just sort of focusing on like us and like kind of doing <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah. Yo, no, my, my official stance on the 2012 election was I'm focusing on me. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally why I didn't vote. It was self care. Oh, yes. <laughs> Truly at the time. God, at at the time, I mean, you could, people could literally be like, not voting is self care, and and you would have to just snap, snap, snap. It was before we got, it was before we had the kind of, the the critical thinking 2.0, which is the performance of critical thinking without using your brain, which is kind of the era we're in now. Oh my God, I can't keep track. Well, I mean, <laughs> I was like, you just forget the even even though it's only been a year, you forget how brain dead. Trump era was. I recently, someone, um, like I was looking for something and then rather than clicking on what I wanted to click, I clicked on an article from 2018. It was just like a culture art. It was like about an actor or something. But the way it was written, it was like, you know how now you would make fun of like discourse around, let's say toxic masculinity or something. It was Mm -hmm. literally like, ever since so-and-so turned 25, he realized how he had been raised in the culture of toxic masculinity. And he was able to escape it through wearing ankle socks like (laughs) (laughs) oh that was a tough time that that article was a paper magazine profile of the actor who played phil of the future really yes (laughs) (laughs) well huge shout out to them huge shout out to him and and let me say something still hot well say that today i was looking up is phil of the future still hot (laughs) that's the last thing that came up (laughs) that was today yeah it was today (laughs) But the last thing that I, had, that I could find was from 2018. Wow. I um I was not a Phil of the Future stand. I wasn't either. I mean, it was after my time, but I do remember like my sisters, like I, I remember it being on TV and I remember being like, huh. 
Who's that? Did I derail the conversation? No, no, no. You actually put it on the rails. Thank you. <laughs> Finally, we have high speed, <laughs> high speed train systems. We were, we were like, you know, merely wandering around sort of the Trump era, Obama era. And then as soon as you said, is the future still hot? It was actually like, and now we're cooking. Well, it's like the Trump era was the time during which you could just like write a profile about Phil of the future discovering toxic masculinity. And people would be like, well, this is part, this is it. Yeah. It sucks that everyone had to sort of nod and be like, like everyone had to be like, I'm a good person still. And it was yeah. like, you don't need to, it's okay. Be bad. I would say the pretty much the Trump years were just everyone walking around kind of clutching a book and then just saying to one another, I'm a good person still. <laughs> yeah it was sort of the like the global equivalent of like that grimes photo shoot where she's like holding the communist manifesto in la <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, god bless should, should we bring in our guest absolutely yeah i think i'm ready i think i'm ready for one of the most important voices of our time to enter the convo I have you seen the a- video of grimes saying a profound silence has entered the chat <laughs> no you have it Oh my no. god. A profound silence has entered the chat. There is like a famous video that people use as like a reaction on Twitter, and it's Grimes saying, A profound silence has entered the chat. <laughs> wow. Well, I can't think of anything more opposite than a profound <laughs> silence uh, than what our guest is about to bring to the table. So please give a, a glamour girl hootie hoo for the one and only Dave Mazzoni. Hi, boys. Hello, Dave. Hi, how are you? Hey, I'm good. I'm feeling like I need to rewatch The King's Speech. Um, you gotta. <laughs> you gotta. The King's Speech is one of those movies where I actually, to this day, could not tell you if I've watched it. Surely I have. I, I've seen it once, but it's just, it's making me feel like I need to revisit. Yeah, no, you you have to. <laughs> I'd, like to bring, I'd like to bring up The King's Speech every 10 minutes on this episode, if we could. Yeah. No, it really is. It's interesting because now there is some kind of movie called The King's Man, and I'm pretty sure Colin Firth is in it. <laughs> it's like the How I Met Your Father of The King's Speech. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, uh, isn't that a franchise? The it is. It is. It's like, and there's like multiple. Yeah, I, it's like okay, I've never seen correct. one. And yet please, they keep if I'm out. wrong, please at me on all social media platforms. I'm pretty sure the first one was called The Kingsman, and now this one is called The King's Man. Oh, enough, like, enough. <laughs> the King's Speech, The King's Man. What about the I queens? Don't want it. What about the queens? What could she have? Wow, you know, <laughs> George. That is coming from someone who clearly realized they grew up in toxic masculinity. I finally realized it. <laughs> Break free. It's your time. It. Um, <laughs> Dave, are you, um, how's like, how's like your weekend or whatever? Is that oh my God. Weird? great question? Um, <laughs> Sorry, it's just like, I want to like break this sort of political King's speech. Thing. I know we have to people hate I, it when we get political. <laughs> um i was out in the lower east side last night for the first time in a very long time wait dave i was too i haven't been out in in such a long time it's so straight <laughs> yeah it was like every, uh, yeah well i ended up at boiler room which is like a classic a classic finale to an east village yes night, I feel. sure did it um stink like sewage like piss and oh shit. yeah <laughs> it's it was the building was rotting and the drinks were wretched um but the, ju- <laughs> the jukebox was working <laughs> i um yeah that place really has such a soft spot in my heart and which is kind of crazy yeah. because it always stinks horribly 
<laughs> well, it is like one of those things where you enter and you're like, is this is this place still open or are we squatting here? Like, surely I a go, working I, business does not look like this. Fully. Every time I go there, I'm always like, either we can go there or it is closed. I don't know. I, I, it's like, yeah. there's gotta, it's either like been foreclosed upon or it smells yeah. like shit. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if someone entered and was, it was like the police and they were like, you guys, this place is not open. Like, no one should be in here. I've got like, like some conspir- random people have occupied the bar and are playing bartender. Yeah. I've been like conspiratorial about the boiler room before where I'm like, are they trying to get it to like, are they trying to get people to go away so they can like justify shutting down? Like, I'm like, yeah. what is the narrative going on here? They're going to the like burn it very... down and collect insurance money. <laughs> yeah. That- is probably the smartest thing they do. The vibe was very like get out, but also we were there late and the clocks went forward last night. So it became like 4.15 like very quickly and we were all like, all right, it's time. Yeah. Oh, wow. I to went be out last during, night too. To be out during daylight savings. I've never found myself in that. Place. We were like, three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> it was dumb. I mean, we went because we were supposed to go to this uh, a friend of ours birthday at this straight club. And we went and we were on this list. She had a capacity and I guess it was met. And to let us in, they wanted $200 per person. No. no. At this this club called Escondido in the Lower East Side. For anyone listening, don't go there. It is uh, not worth it. I mean, we did not go in. We went to Boiler Room instead. And we went from $200 a head to enter to like $5 cash for a vodka soda that will kill you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, the yeah, idea, like paying a cover in this day and age, it, it's like, have you not gotten the memo? We're not doing toxic masculinity anymore. <laughs> and yeah, also, you need to read this profile. Like in another <laughs> element of straight cultures, like the for girls, it was like twenty bucks, and mm-hmm. for men, it was two hundred. Basically, they wanted you to buy bottles. Like in order to come in, you had to buy a bottle of alcohol. You know, here's that what I'll say to that: crazy. Why not? How about you? How about how about we give women? equal pay instead <laughs> i agree i agree 100 percent. that's what i should have said to that bouncer yeah i don't know i don't know why i did it you should have said i will not pay 200 dollars until women have equal pay <laughs> and i will wait <laughs> yeah, <no way. laughs> just like tapping my little gay foot <laughs> oh, I mean, God. God. Just, okay so wait does that mean people were paying that kind of girl I do not know, but there was people waiting uh, online that were like waiting to be allowed be to be given the chance to pay that cover. It's <laughs> like, interesting. Yeah. Like nightclub <laughs> culture of the type that you imagine, you know, kind of Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton doing in like 2005, you kind of think that's over, but it's not like that is that still mm-hmm. exists and people celebrate it every day by paying $200. 100%. And this place I know is like very Instagrammy. It's like yeah. got lots of like really cool wallpapers and like bathrooms that are like perfect to like, I don't know. It's just like people will pay whatever to go in and like just give the illusion of the night out that they want. The Lindsay yeah. Lohan of, of now. Um, Meanwhile, you know, go to Boiler Room, just take one breath and you get food poisoning. <laughs> yeah, you can also be the Lindsay Lohan of now if you just go to Boiler Room. <laughs> cheaper. It is much cheaper. It is scary to me thinking about straight people going to a club. Like that's like I yeah. forgot that they could enjoy such a thing. Well, you kind of have you ever me, been forced to go to a straight club for like some birthday or something and just oh, like have to exist? Not since I was like twenty four. I feel like. Well, I'm like, now. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. I mean, it's like because I've been. I've definitely been forced to go to like a you know just like a a dive bar for like a casual birthday. But in terms of like a nightclub. 
It's like, been... have you ever been dragged to Tao? Right, right, <laughs> like, right, right, right. Oh my god! <laughs> oh god! I, yeah. I have gone like, um, like One Oak. I went one time for like this girl at, at in my NYU's like class. Which yes, absolutely a plug. I'm an NYU girl. <laughs> Shout out, out to NYU. Now. Shout out to NYU. <laughs> Where my Tish girls at? Woo! Woo! Gonna... Make some noise. Yeah, um, you know, I know I've always I've I always uh, was a Tish ally. And and later in life, I've now so many Gallatin girls have have now become part of my life. Absolutely. We're and Gallatin. It's, <laughs> it's so funny living in New York and you just have to know, like, the different schools within yeah. NYU. <laughs> oh, my God. This happened the other day. Someone didn't know what Gallatin was. Literally, I know nothing about NYU, but you just have to. I mean. You, you, yeah, know. you just learn it. It's, like, it's an independent know. study. It's and like you was, sort of choose yeah. your own major. And I was like, someone didn't know what Gallatin was. And I was like, you must be new. Did you just move to New York? <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, it is. So you were dragged to Tao by a Tish girly. What? Um, no, I was dragged to One Oak by a Tish girly. Oh, got and, it. Uh, it's just a nightmare. It's like a bunch of girls, you know, like on leather banquettes, like guarding a VIP section and like people doing coke everywhere and waiting online for a really long time. I was like probably 22 at the time. So I definitely guarantee I was waiting online for like an hour. Sure. Oh, to me, no. a straight nightclub is basically either a front for the mafia or a front from some kind of other organized crime. There's a, <laughs> there's a darkness to it that is way different than because the darkness at a gay club is just that there's a secret room where everyone is having an orgy. Yes. And once you get used to that, then you can celebrate it. But the darkness is a straight club is like someone has been murdered. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That has, that's like a part of it for sure. Um, I definitely think that there's like a darkness in straight clubs that just like always makes me uncomfortable because it just feels like, I don't know, like I guess gay people are sort of the same where all, they're all like getting drunk and like seedy looking at each other to like hook up and fuck. But for some reason in a straight club, I just like get defensive over all the women and I just worry the whole time. Yes. Uh, 100%. Yeah. I literally, well, you walk around and you're like, <laughs> you just want to pull everyone aside and be like, it doesn't have to be like this. You don't have to do this. Yeah. Men are not safe. I am one. I'm telling you, they're not safe. <laughs> I it also like in a gay club, you have the facade of like, like we're being silly and dancing to pop songs or whatever. And I feel like in a straight club, you don't like if you're a man, if why are you as a man dancing to a pop song? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's something it like silly about it. <laughs> but also like it God, it, it the gender like Okay, what about this? The fact that like men, it, like the performance of men being like, "Well, I don't dance because dancing's gay," but then women like dragging them to the dance floor and like they, the men look miserable and they're like, "I'm just here because I got to put in my hours so I can so I can get some sex later." <laughs> That's a really good straight guy. Thank George. you so yeah. much. But yeah. it is like, God, I was thinking about this when I was at, at a wedding the other week. Just like the. The fact that when you are a straight couple at every turn, you have to kind of like negotiate gender differences. You know what I mean? It seems exhausting. It seems it's very just difficult. like, oh, my, oh my God, God. there's so tiresome. Must be another way. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I remember like listening to when I was younger, hearing like Cascada, that song, Every Time We Touch. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Great song. And I remember like dancing to it really hard and really fucking loving it. And I was like, wow, this song is fucking amazing. And I was like, something's wrong about this. I, <laughs> I don't think I'm like the other girls. <laughs> so is, I, yeah. I, I like, guess I would bump up against a street guy who was just at the club <laughs> to purely enjoy sort of like a Kesha, like oh, totally. uh, Timber totally. remix. 
It's like, I don't know, what do we want them to do? It's like, I don't want them to be seedy and annoying, but I also am nervous if they are actually enjoying themselves and just dancing for fun. No, you're absolutely right, which is why, like, ultimately... It is the most difficult being a straight guy culturally, not not in terms of actual power, but just in terms of like everyday, everyday culture. It is an impossible position. You can't that's get what it this right. podcast. That's yeah. what this podcast is about, right? Yeah. It's true. Like, truly. Empathy. It's like, what, if I was a straight guy, what how would I act in order to make a good impression? I would probably just lock myself in a room and never leave. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yeah, more I think more straight guys should try that. They should, they should. Too bad it would be the wrong ones that would actually have that <laughs> self-awareness. Right. That's always the issue. The nice ones would be the ones locking themselves up. But but truly like what would either like if you were a straight man, how would you act? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you're trying to like go to a club and enjoy yourself and have like a I'm having a straight end at the club and I'm yes. not making any waves and I'm being a good straight person. How do you be male. an ethical, non-toxic straight man? I think you like have a nice wine. Yeah. Um, it it like basically maybe- goes back to wine. Well, that's also <laughs> you get into like like you go to like music shows. Like yeah. that's sort of it. You like because that's like a non hookupy, but still like loud dancey space totally yeah yeah you're there to support you're there to support art you're there to like connect with one of your interests that like i guess is like yeah that makes sense okay yeah so we don't do clubs i like that yeah you go to concerts with your girlfriend and with another couple that you know from work (laughs) that is the most ethical way that is the most ethical way to be a straight man (laughs) you also i do think clubs like cap Capital C clubs are are off the table, unfortunately. Yeah, they um, are. but I think like you can find like a small bar with dancing that like is kind of like playful and okay. isn't like I'm here to like hook up with chicks, but it's like I'm here to dance a little and like be fun with like three friends. Okay, great. I feel like the club could also be a transition. Like it could be like you, I would go to that fun divey bar that has like dancing or to the concert and then be like, hey, you want to get out of here? Right. And then, right, right, right. And then wow, maybe Dave. they would want to go dance. Was that good? How did that Honestly, I'm turned on. Like every woman listening to this is like sopping wet now. <laughs> I I hope to make all the Stradio Lab listeners sopping wet. <laughs> That's the goal every episode. Not all our guests have achieved. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm working hard to do it. And another way I can do it is by mentioning the King's Speech. Whoa. Ooh. Yeah, the King's Speech is one of the hottest movies. <laughs> yeah. Do you like that? <laughs> um, Dave, I think it might be time for our first segment. Sam, what I do you think? George is completely right. So our first segment is called Straight Shooters. And in this segment, we ask you a series of completely nonsensical questions wherein you have to choose one thing or another thing. And these are <laughs> with the intention of us gauging your familiarity with and complicity in straight culture. And the one rule is you can't ask any follow-up questions or anything about how the game works. <laughs> okay, I'm in. Okay, Sam, take it away. Okay, Dave, um, <laughs> being the valedictorian or being a Mandalorian? Being the valedictorian. <laughs> okay, Dave, Saturdays are for the boys or on Wednesdays we wear pink? <laughs> um, Saturdays are for the boys. Okay, Jesse J or Juicy Juice? Jesse J, justice for Jesse J, all day. <laughs> you are the say. only gay on earth that believes that. I love that. No one cares. She's the best singer alive. No, not one person cares at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dave, cracking your iPhone screen or cracking the Da Vinci Code? <laughs> cracking the Da Vinci Code. 
Okay. Uh, okay. Love me or hate me, it's still an obsession. Or to be or not to be, that is the question. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> wait, who is this artist? Love me or hate me, it's still an obsession. Um, wait, it's Sam's that, favorite song. He I brings it all the time. Wait, <laughs> who is it? It's who Lady is Sovereign. Lady Sovereign. Okay, Lady Sovereign. I have to. I'm listening to that yeah. as soon as we are over. Okay, Dave. Making it rain or voting for John McCain? Um, making it rain. Ugh, this one's not good. I was, yes. I ran out of, okay. Yeah. Okay, this one's just pretty straightforward and actually really obvious. Um, <laughs> filthy rich or dirt poor? <laughs> hmm. I don't know, I don't know. Money, with, with money comes a lot of problems. Um, yeah. I guess I'll say here from the 36th floor of this luxury high rise in uh, Midtown Manhattan, rich. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Dave. Go fund me or go fuck yourself. <laughs> go fuck yourself. Perfect. For wow. Sure. <laughs> wow. Wow, Dave. I, you know, you. we rank everyone's performance on a scale of zero to 1,000 doves. And to me, that was a near perfect score. Yeah. Oh, a thousand, I'd say 1,000 doves. 1,000 I love that song. <laughs> I think it's one of my favorites off the album. I know no one feels that way, but I, I'm excited for the We're, tour. Did you guys? We need to. No, we have not. Yeah, I have tickets. I yet. have tickets. You have tickets? <gasps> yeah, I have two tickets. <gasps> Whoa! Wow! I I yes, went online. They were already bitch. sold out like immediately. Bowen said maybe he could make it happen. I'm That's like, kind of what I. I mean. I was like, when he said that, I was like, okay, great. I don't have to do anything. He's going to get a stick. <laughs> yeah. I sort of backed off as well. well I'll follow up with well, him. Well, whatever. We'll figure we, it out. We must but I go. Do, I do need to go because I've, I mean, we can't get into this. The other thing is right now, I it is my job and I have, I, I need to get back to Sam on this, but it is my job to get tickets for Sam and me to see Haim in Madison Square Garden. And we're very yeah, That'll be fun. Yeah. It's going to be fun. George is our official um, recreations event planner. That's right. And I did um, find tickets. I just oh. have sex about them. But um, <laughs> yeah, I weirdly, oh, I actually haven't, I don't know if I've told you this, Sam, but like, so I've always liked time. Like, unlike you, I never had to forgive them as you did last year. <laughs> yeah, I, I famously had to forgive them I for like their them. crime. Why? Yeah. What happened? Sam first didn't like them. And I then went to see them at a very early show at Le Poisson Rouge in New York. It was like in they France? Had one song out. In France, in Paris. <laughs> In Paris, um, and they were like really annoying, and it was like a really annoying show. And so I forever after that was like fuck them, and I truly was like every song that came out, I was like angry about it. And then uh, they stuck around, stuck around, and then Women in Music Part Three came out, and I said, you know what, I actually love this, and I forgive them. them. Whereas I always like them, but recently I would say I have, <laughs> I literally listen to them all day long in a way that I have. I don't know why. I think there's they're just the right level of easy listening. No offense to them. They're very talented, but it's not challenging music. Like you really can just kind of put it on. Totally. And to me, but it's not brain dead. It's not, it's not like it's it's just down the middle enough. And I mm -hmm. I have truly become their number one fan. I, I <laughs> listen to them all day. Well, they say there are two kinds of people in this world. There's people who have always loved time and people who were mad at them, but That's now right. like them again. Yeah. <laughs> and, and every good couple. Yeah, it's true. And I also like, I think we talked about like, Dave, did you see Licorice Pizza? Um, no, I haven't yet. It's on, I've literally gotten the screener and I have seven DVDs of it. Yeah. I, I yeah. just haven't sat down and watched it yet, but I would like to. Was it good? 
It's 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 fine. It's, it. it's not like my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie, but it's definitely good. But more importantly, the Himes are so charming in it. All of them. Yeah, it's it's, it's amazing. I'm excited to see it. It feels like like casting that makes sense. Yeah, um, and it feels like they wouldn't have cast her for like the stunt of it all. Like she must have really fit the role of like yeah, this yeah. Vibe. She really, I really, I I was really impressed, and honestly, very surprised she didn't get a nomination. But anyway. Um, wait, I have a, something I want to bring up. Yes, bring it up. Okay, so we're all gay guys. We can agree on that at least. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> sure. Okay. But Dave, I actually feel like me talking about hating Heim, I feel like you're not much of a hater. Like, do oh, you yeah. have like any... <laughs> do do pop girls ever make you mad? Or are, are you like a, 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 a lover of all? Um, I believe I am an empath in that I can find a way to understand the story and of any female artist. Um, even if they're like truly tragic, I just can find a way into understanding how they got there. I mean, from Iggy Azalea to Rita Ora to Bibi Rexa, I just, I know who these girls are, I think. And um, I don't like to leave anyone alone at the lunch table. Um, totally. <laughs> I really, really do think you're really actually impressive. an empath. Empath colon pop diva edition. <laughs> I think you're an empath only for pop diva. <laughs> I just think I still, I'll just, I mean, Britney's a huge part of my story. Like when I was a kid, I was truly uh, uh, blocking my homosexuality with what I thought was sexual attraction. Yes. and to Britney Spears, like she was the, my only. Um, And then the fall from grace, I really felt responsible for it in so many ways that um, I just don't want that to happen to anybody else by my hand. So I just sort of, I just sort of feel like I just want the best for everybody. If Kesha likes what she's doing right now and she's happy, I'm living. I don't care if she looks like a dumpster um, or like, like she's actually, she looks great now, but like the, like, I don't know, like Demi, like I'm so happy that Demi, that they are going through like this change and that they're happy and that they're like on social media being happy. Like, I don't want anything for them other than happiness. Like that's, I don't need Demi to make any more music if she doesn't want to just like live your life, be happy. Yeah, I, it's, it is very impressive. Even when you reference like BB Rex and all these people, it's like Jesse J, all these people that I feel like are the butts of jokes around here yeah um, um yeah i mean i'm definitely singing those jokes can you sing a bb rexa song right now no couldn't if there was a gun Wait, to my head i this could is not a good think challenge of a BB i'm song. like no i guess i can't sing one lyric of a bb rexa song Wait, Come can on, you? You, you um she has one right out, out right now called sacrifice it's like tell me would you sacrifice oh my god you know <laughs> what's like, so funny she's like one of the people being considered for the madonna biopic how funny would it be? Oh yeah. <laughs> Have you guys talked about this camp that they're all in? No, but let's let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're in a camp. They're in a, a boot yeah. camp to like get this role. I don't who who is in it? It is Julia Garner, Florence Pugh, um, Alexa Demi, uh, and various other girls that I don't know. There's one called Odessa something who I've never heard of. But I think those are the main ones. And I think maybe Julia Garner is like the front runner. Wow. That should be a show. Like I want the like search for Elwood's legally blonde sort of like behind the scenes of this boot camp. I can't I like love it so much. It makes me feel like there's still magic in the world. Like I know, but then on the like other hand, it is all of them are being like it's an abusive environment. <laughs> like, oh, absolutely. No. Casting has gone too far. No, yeah, I could like, never. Truly, like, 
I don't even want to know what it would be like for Madonna herself to be running the Madonna biopic boot camp with these <laughs> poor girls who have already been exploited in various ways in their short lives. I want Alexa Demi to get it just because, just because, just to mix it yeah, up. I know, yeah, I love you know her. What? Good for her. She deserves it. I've seen, I, I don't watch Euphoria, but I have seen that clip where she goes, I know no one wants me here because I'm a whore. <laughs> yes wait no. you don't want euphoria are you actively resisting mainstream culture again George? I, I mean i do i i i mean sam and i've talked about this but it, it, i've watched i watched like the first three four episodes i couldn't it, it was too here's what i think it is i think it's like each episode is such an experience that you can't really binge watch it i couldn't so, disagree more really <laughs> I've only watched, there was one day when I was stuck in Chile, I watched eight hours of Euphoria. Oh my God. And I was happy about it. And I wished I could have done more. Well, all I'll say is, and I stand by, I really think all the actors are great. I think everyone is doing such a good job. I think Zendaya is great. I think, but I just, somehow it's like, it's one too many things. It feels like sensory overload. And I, I, the drug stuff stresses me out. I would almost like it more if it was just, a high school drama without drug cartels. Yeah, I agree with that. It, yeah, I mean, I it, it is a lot, but I think it's just so beautifully done. And also, I'm obsessed with the girls, all the girls. I, oh, I guess all I the girls fucking, are great. All the girls. I fucking so love all the dolls. Like they're fucking great, and they bounce the ball back and forth. So it's so great. Sydney Sweeney is so Sydney's great. great. Hunter Schaefer's great. Yeah, Hunt, yeah, Hunter's amazing. Yeah, everyone, everyone listening to the pod, you should listen to this. You should watch the show, Euphoria. Yeah, you Check should watch Euphoria. <laughs> you know, this I did an official Sid- plug. Sydney Sweeney was also in the running, but I think got eliminated from it. Oh, poor girl. Oh, I would have loved to have seen that lip sync. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, Euphoria is triggering for me because of the high school at all. That, that's kind of like what the what my, uh, my topic is about. Like, it's, oh yeah, uh, so let's get into the topic. Let's get, let's into, get into it. Okay, so okay. so your topic. Well, why don't you introduce it and then say kind of why you think it is straight or emblematic of straight culture. Okay. I, my topic is handshakes. Um, and I think it is representable. When I think of handshakes, I think of a very specific thing. I think of middle school when everyone started to in the hallways, yep. uh, like greet each other and do performative displays of friendship. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just started mm-hmm. to become like, oh, we hug when we see each other. We do like a little like handshake sort of like dap moment. Uh, yeah. Like all the boys on football or like all the guys here. And like, I used to have massive anxiety about how to engage in the handshake. I just never really knew like what the, the combination was, like what the pattern was. Um, no one ever rehearsed it with me. I didn't know if there was like a memo that went out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was like where the trauma behind handshakes really started for me. And then as I grew older, I just realized that like a firm handshake was so specific to a certain kind of straight dude, like a really hard sort of like meat grab. Um, yeah. <laughs> just like, and, and I also started to notice weaker handshakes in certain, in certain personality types. It was like, this is a, a this is a form of body language that like involves touching. It's more than just seeing and men use it to assert dominance and display like confidence in a way that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. I, the firm handshake thing really weirds me out. I like, it feels so old school. Like truly you want to like almost hurt the person's hand to like show that you are strong. It's like, (laughs) this is like so weird. When I was a little kid, like my parents were like, you're not shaking your hand. Like you're not doing it right. Like I, they had like, they were like, (laughs) 
Like, I remember them being like firm and look at the the man in the eyes. And I was mm. like, okay, okay. And like, <laughs> and like, it was so like, this is such a weird thing. To, I like, guess it's important. Like, and, 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 yeah. and, like my uncles are, I'm Italian and my whole family is very like uh, touchy. Mm-hmm. And like, it's so interesting to see like I, my uncle, like give a handshake to somebody. And then when he sees me, just come in and give me a kiss square on the lips. Like, <laughs> really? Yeah, like it's this little, it's this <laughs> yeah. little sort of like peck of like yeah. hi, yeah, like like, and it's like so it it is feels n- like not gay at all. It feels extremely hetero in yeah. fact, um, hmm. and I, I just feel like the greetings amongst men, sort of like the way that they differ, it's totally bizarre. But I think what you're saying, I have, so I like kind of during this time, I would say what like early middle school, let's say when everyone started doing these handshakes, I was. This is before I moved back. So I was living in New Jersey at the time, kind of a straight Mecca in, in, in many ways. And I remember it so well where somehow overnight you were supposed to know these, these like handshakes that everyone was doing or someone would like, I mean, this is, uh, you know, if you're listening, you can't see what I'm doing, but like someone would like put their hand up and down, like go like, like this. And you were supposed to know that then you were to, you should put your palm down so that you could do like a high five or something. Yeah. Did you ever like go up with like, I feel like there were so many times where I would be, I would give a high five and it was yeah. like, there was supposed to be some sort of interlocking exactly. exchange. Yeah. Like, and I didn't know. And I was always like quietly like, oh, I would have totally done more of the hand stuff. If I'd have known if we'd have talked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but God, yeah. It's like, it, it is an early uh, memory of being like, oh, I don't have the instinct. Yeah. And like also girls too, like, I don't know. I just feel like I remember all the girls like giving these sort of like weird one-armed hugs mm-hmm. with like a little like Von Dutch, like, like, <laughs> like bag or like a little Dooney and Burke, like yeah. shoulder bag. Yeah. And like oh giving gosh. these sort of like, like holding a binder in one hand, and like yeah. sort of like a one-arm hug. And like, <laughs> I was good at those. <laughs> yes. I, no, I love the handshakes. a one-arm hug. The handshakes all felt like you were set up to fail. Like sometimes I didn't feel like everyone knew. I just felt like the people that really embraced them were like kind of being mean. Like well, there were the alphas <laughs> that defined the handshake and then the betas yeah. that had to like catch up. And yeah. the handshake, the handshake could change overnight and you would have to like keep up. Otherwise the alpha would humiliate you. <laughs> absolutely. It was absolutely like a sort of like um, dis- distribution of information that's selective mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. mali- malicious. Mm-hmm. Yes, 100% malicious. It's and I remember like, thinking, will this go on forever? Yes. Like, I'm so happy that it reduced down to just a, just a normal handshake. Like I'm so happy in adulthood that we we've sort of like just brought it down to like how hard is the grip? Um, yeah. And there's yeah. No, no I more don't rhythm. know. I still some sometimes you'll meet a straight guy though, and they'll still do the middle school handshake. Have you, do you not experience this? No, I you're really not wrong. Really experience that. Like sort of like the grab and the pull. Yeah, into exactly. The chest. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah the grab yeah. and the chest, and then you're like, whoa. Okay. And then like also the like pat on the back sometimes. Do you ever see that episode of Will and Grace where they do like the the three pats on the back? Yes. It's like, I'm not gay. <laughs> <laughs> they interlock, pat each other on the back, and it's I'm not gay. Three pats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes I find myself when I hug someone doing the bat pack and I'm like, oh, don't do that. The bat like, pack is is internalized homophobia. It really <laughs> is. And it's I agree. instilled within me. Mm-mm. Yeah, it could be you know, sexual too if we just yeah. went a little further with it. It could be so nice, but the it's moments not. where yeah, the moments where you instinctively suddenly the part of you from when you were thirteen comes out that wants to be 
straight or what you know like and you suddenly find yourself like deepening your voice on the phone or or something with that you haven't done in years like wanting to buy a sean john shirt exactly for some yeah. Reason. <laughs> yeah there's something about that where it's like it happens without you realizing it and you're like the body remembers <laughs> that oh. trauma is still there yeah i feel like physical trauma is also an element of straight culture just like uh just sort of like being bound up and like physical having physical responses that are just like eh. Also, another another topic that I was going to bring up was Axe body spray because I was mm. thinking about high school. Do you guys ever, did you guys use Axe body spray? I was sure did. I mean, I, briefly, I but did. yeah, it was like, I kind of thought that was, I mean, then it became a punch. Did you think you smelled hot? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it was like, I don't know. It just felt somehow adult. It did. Yeah. It was, it like was the, definitely plain the, grown up. Like the sleek black branding. I yeah. love man branding when it's like I know. sandalwood. <laughs> it is better. I mean, ultimately, like it, it is just simply more empowering than than anything they've done for women. Like all male branding <laughs> is like, well, you're the king of the forest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas that women is... branding is like, you might think you're disgusting, but actually you're fine. Yeah. yeah. Life is really hard, but take yeah. a delight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, I guess it's just gaslighting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like you might every everywhere you look, people think you're disgusting, but when you're home, that's your time to shine. <laughs> that's your time to think you're disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> um, wait, I have a, in the handshake conversation, I want to know what your guys preferred like physical greeting is. That's a great question. I'm a hugger. I go right in. Um, like I, it also I, depends yeah. on, on like in post COVID it's a little bit more like, uh, I, I think there's, it, I feel like in post COVID, like it, it's a very subtle leaning in where if both people do it, then you go in for the hug, but you're actually waiting. It's not even about like vibe anymore. It's literally about like, are you cool yeah. with this sort of like, are you, but I prefer a hug. I go right in. My default is a hug, I would say. And then of course, in Greece, everyone does the two kisses. And I would say my favorite kind of greeting is meeting kind of like a glamorous middle-aged Greek woman who gives you the two kisses and you can smell her like expensive perfume and you're like, wow. <laughs> wow, that does sound fun. Yeah. I like I like the two kisses. It's very, very cute. When I, um, I went to Greece uh, this past summer, I was talking to George about mm -hmm. it. It, it is... It gives, like, two kisses make sense there. You're in a beautiful place. <laughs> it's just nice. It's also, like, then I think what ends up happening in Greece is, like, you do two kisses with women, and then you do a normal handshake with men. And then sometimes men will go in for two kisses, and you just have to kind of adapt. But it's like, a, you know. <laughs> it's so funny. So much happens in one second, and then it's just over. But, like, yeah. it can, there is such thing as a good a good greeting and a bad greeting, and it just always it happens with every single person. Like, at that, yeah. I went to this girl's birthday party last night, didn't know anybody, and was meeting every single person. It's so funny how you adjust. Yeah. I, one what time about you, I, Sam? I, I love a hug. I find it tears down the walls very quickly in a way mm -hmm. that I appreciate. But then... I, I have had hugs fully backfire where like, totally. I'll like be like, I've made the decision. I'm going to hug you. And then it's like, oh, and they like, you know, just kind of stand there. And I, yeah. I did it with one um, comedian we all know, and I will not say her name on this podcast, but I like was mid hug. And I was like, what, what am I doing? And like, I was she like, was oh. not reciprocating. <laughs> she was not reciprocating at all. And I was like, Oh no, 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 no. I don't want to, I, I just made a choice and I thought this was normal. We're at a birthday party. <laughs> yeah. And um, abort, 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 abort. And it like, I think about that hug and how bad it was 
all the time. And so honestly, I think sometimes, especially post COVID, I'm now like a little standoffish when I meet people in a way that I don't like, like I'll kind of stand and like look at them too much to see what they're going for, but yes. in a way that makes it look like I'm just not trying to interact with them. You know, what's one of the most fraught, like, okay, what am I trying to say? Basically the greeting between a gay man and a straight man will never not be fraught. <laughs> Suddenly the entire history of the entire history of um, like LGBTQ plus equality plays out in one second. <laughs> like, yeah, the like, whole movie. It's like, how do you, how do you, how do you make it not weird? Cause it's, if you do anything to make it casual, you're being homophobic. Like if you try to be like, this isn't sexual, then it's like, well, no one said it is. You're being yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if you like, don't do anything to do that, it's like, okay, he's obsessed with me and wants to have sex with me right now. There's it's really a lose-lose. And, and then basically what ends up happening, and this is, you know, we've talked before about how we love hanging out with straight men and, and, and it's one of the great joys of our lives, unironically. <laughs> but, but it's like, Basically, what has to happen is one of the either the gay man is going to be condesc condescending to the straight man or the straight man is going to be condescending to the gay man. Someone has to call someone else buddy. <laughs> and yeah. then finally, we feel safe. <laughs> yeah. I think in like in 2022, it's like more gracious to let the gay person be condescending. I'm just going to say 100 <laughs> percent. I just feel like it's my right to condescend to you. And I think that right. any straight man who's interacting with me should know that immediately. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, it's like, yeah. then the gay man can kind of half jokingly call the straight man like girl. And yeah. then it's like, okay, this is, we're getting to a place of equality. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. We are getting to a place of equality. He can call me, he can call me a little bitch if he wants, but yeah. only after I, he lets me warm him up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Let me warm you up a little bit. I want to rip apart sort of like his eyebrows and, um, mock, mock him once or twice. And yeah. then, then he can call me faggot. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The, all that empathy you, uh, have for pop stars goes completely out the window when you meet a straight man and you're just, just reading not... them for filth you're <laughs> tearing them to yeah. shreds <laughs> it's just not the same did they write till the world ends right I mean, exactly. and, until each straight man writes a, a till the world their version of till the world ends i'm just not okay not you actually raise a great point i do think potentially something we could instill as a form of public service and to fight against toxic masculinity is that every man, when they turn 18, has to write a pop bop. <laughs> yeah, it's like the the army or whatever. Yeah, like they are assigned a, <laughs> they are assigned a, a, an up and coming pop star. Let's say BB Rexa, and and they have to they have to write an empowerment anthem for BB Rexa. Oh gosh, yeah, that would be. I would absolutely love to hear a straight man's idea of what a <laughs> and a BB Rexa like female anthem would sound like uh, yeah that is actually so funny to think about wait oh, i've never thought about do straight men know who bb rexa is i mean do gay men that's the thing gay if gay men feel like they don't even know a song by her no who i don't does think straight know? men know baby rexa yeah no she's kind of faceless the poor girl but no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry she's blonde she's like very symmetrical um she likes jewel tones and tattoos mm -hmm. i don't know that's all i know about her she doesn't really have like somebody once told me that a pop star uh like really takes on it doesn't matter what they like as long as their voice is singular like even if it's bad like selena gomez or like whatever like it, as long, when you if when you hear it 
you know who it is, yeah. it will sell. Totally. And and I can't tell if something is BB Rexa. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like there is there she is sounds no like vo- so yeah. many people mm-hmm. where it's like somebody like Halls Halsey who like maybe doesn't have like the same sort of vocal chops that BB may or may not have. Sure. Like sure. she can sell records and have an identity because we can hear her like throaty sort of like husk mm-hmm. like and like right away. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Incredible! Incredible! Makes you think. <laughs> <laughs> I um, yeah, Halsey's Halsey's one where I'm like, people do. That's just a me blind spot. I think I like I do really think, don't know her deal. Yeah, I, I do think Halsey though is, and I've been known to occasionally listen to the song "Bad at Love" by Halsey. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, got a boy, got a boy back yeah. home in Michigan. I, honestly, great, <laughs> great track. It is good. It is a great good. But I do they think they put Halsey these little is, white girls on hip hop beats yes. and like just it's it's good. Halsey is definitely like the song playing at the Halsey. I'm sorry to say is a straight is a straight culture. Mm-hmm. She could be a whole topic for sure. She's from New Jersey, but like I thought yeah. she was European. I thought she was like I I thought dead ass she was from like the Middle East. Well, also her name, like, also her name is <laughs> Ashley, which is an anagram yes! for Halsey. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh-huh. And she's from like New Jersey. She's like from around the corner from where the Jonas brothers are from. Like, wow. It's just so crazy. So much culture from New Jersey. I know. New Jersey. That that would another be another great topic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Do do we feel we got to the bottom of handshakes? I'm like I feel for for me like when when you mentioned straight culture, the first thing I thought of was this one kid in middle school, and he used to wear. I used to want to do everything that he did, and handshake was always the thing I wanted the most. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like sort of like, do you ever touch knees with somebody under the table? Like, do you remember that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Physical contact with men when I was younger was so important to me. Totally. No, you're absolutely right. No, you are right. <laughs> I was like pining for it at all times. Yet somehow thinking that I I was in love with Britney Spears too. It's so gay. My existence is so gay, I guess. <laughs> it is crazy. So like it's something that you kind of have to just like block out. But it is crazy to like puberty is already traumatic if you are literally like have all the privilege in the world. You know what I mean? Like it's it, it's like to be going through an experience of realizing you're different while also just objectively going through puberty is insane i haven't heard the word puberty in a long time and i hated hearing it just now i know it is one of the bad words yeah it's a really really nasty word yeah ah i just remember like it's just like diagram like where did you guys go through puberty like early i Uh, went at the exact right time i think i was a little (laughs) late i would say i was a little late i also i think i was young for my grade so not too young but like on the younger end so i think i felt like many people were going through it before i was Oh my God. Puberty. It's such an ugly word. It's terrible. I also don't think that even looked like I went through puberty until like after college. (laughs) Yeah. It also did feel like something, some people were going through more puberty than others. You know, like I was like, yeah, I'm like growing in the proper way, but it's like, I'm not that guy who suddenly has like a full chest of hair. Oh my God. The hair. I feel like George, you're a Greek. I feel like you would. Well, I eventually, I mean, right. Yeah, like right now I'm covered in hair, but I but that took a while. It took a while to come, let me tell you. Really? Oh, yeah. That's nice. <laughs> I love the hair. Thank you very much. Yeah, I've, gro- I've grown hair. to I've grown to appreciate it, but you know, it's a process. Yeah, I'm, sure. I mean it takes me like 6 months to grow a beard, so it's like I envy the options. You have so many options. 
Yeah, I for do grooming, have, for styling. I do have options, but I also have spent so much money on electrolysis. <laughs> <laughs> um, All I want a, in this world is a hairy chest, but keep going. Sorry. <laughs> I don't have one either. I don't have one either. It's so scraggly and silly. It would, like, I'm going to really kill cool. myself! <laughs> <laughs> it would so complete the look for me, like... Uh, like me on the beach with a big hairy chest is like uh, would be so perfect <laughs> i am i i am it is not like i do wonder sometimes if not i i would i don't feel in any way like masculine because of <laughs> being hairy but i do wonder if i wasn't if i would somehow have a complex about like i you know what i mean like because you associate hair with like masculinity Sure, sure, sure. I don't know. I associate not giving a fuck about it with masculinity. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Should we do our final segment? Oh my god, that is crazy. I guess so. It is insane to think. Insane to think we've arrived here. It actually is crazy. Well, our final segment is called shoutouts, and in an homage to the grand straight tradition, we give a shout out to anything that we enjoy. Sort of in the style of it's, you know, 2001, you're at TRL in Times Square shouting out to your squad back home. So I'm trying to think if I have one. I do have one. Okay, you should go first and I need to think of one. Um, okay. What's up, uh, freaks and losers and perverts and nobodies and nothing? What's happening? It's Sam. Uh, and I just want to give a huge, uh, sincere shout out to the... Kanye Netflix documentary. Oh I God. started watching this last night, and let me tell you, it is touching. Yeah, I am so moved. I forgot how much. I mean, I, you know, everyone will want to murder me after this episode because I have admitted that I do not vote, and now I am admitting <laughs> that I um, love Kanye West, and it's really hard for me to uh, let go of that love. And mm-hmm. seeing this early documentary about like the early career, it's really like bringing me back and being like, oh wow, this is why i care so much about him and it's he's he's incredible or was and i wish he were mentally sound and mm-hmm. um I, my heart goes out to him and i love this documentary watch it and learn some freaking context you dumb pieces of shit XOXO. Wow. Woo. um incredible i mean you know okay hold on i'm, I'm gonna think of something and and just i want to i love I, the kanye I, doc is great it's so good. I've re- I really well, you know, I heard uh at first I was like, oh Netflix it's Netflix, right? Yeah. At first I was like, oh Netflix, they haven't released anything good since, you know, literally House of Cards. <laughs> but, but I heard that this was a documentary that they bought. So it was made with like it was not made by Netflix. Right, and so right. now I am intrigued and I wanna and I wanna watch it. Okay, well, I can attempt something. Okay. Um What's up, you little the little Georginas, my fan army, who stand by me every time I say something provocative? I want to give a quick shout out to the actress Patricia Arquette. <laughs> I recently started, actually, on the recommendation of one of our Discordistas, I started watching Severance, the series on Apple TV, directed by Ben Stiller. And first of all, I'm loving it. But second of all, everyone is very good in it. And Patricia Arquette, you know, she looks incredible. I'll say it. She looks so good. She looks great with gray hair. She always turns it out despite never being at a level of, you know, certain of her other peers who have um, these giant followings. I feel like she's underrated. Um, I kind of love that she is... 
I feel like the type of person who would, you know, kind of have a t-shirt that said still with her, but I celebrate <laughs> that to the end of the world and back and I wouldn't have it any other way. So mm-hmm. here's what I'll say. Let's put that bitch in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And also, I'm sorry I said the B word. It actually felt really disrespectful and I apologize to Patricia Arquette. And I really, I actually, oh, I actually go bad for saying it and I'm sorry. <laughs> Incredible. An apology we made. Yeah. yeah. A shout out and an apology. And you got her in the superhero movie so that she can be nominated for best actress in a superhero movie in the new yes, Oscars. Exactly. I mean, she'd be great. She'd be I incredible. want to see her as a best nominee for girly films. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> Film for the um, girlies. <laughs> she has um, such a presence on screen, you forget. And because she's playing basically a villain. She's like in the position of power at this shadowy company. And and she's so good at that. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, Dave, whenever you're ready, feel free to hit us with a shout out. Okay, I want to give, uh, first of all, I want to say a big hello to all of the Georginas that I'm now learning <laughs> are George's fan base. I want to say hi specifically to the Georginas, wherever they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to give a huge shout out to, I guess I'll follow the suit here and I'll say uh, what I've been watching, which is the Gilded Age, specifically mm-hmm. Carrie Coon. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Carrie Coon in the Gilded Age. Girl, you are are crushing it. I have <laughs> never had so much fun from the seat of my couch. I live for the feathers in your hat and the money in your pocket. You are Beautiful. absolutely an icon. <laughs> um, are you? I think Christine Baranski is also giving. I want to give the Gilded Age just a big applause. I want to give Telsey Casting just a, a standing <laughs> ovation for giving all these Broadway actors a job. Uh, and mm-hmm. also, of course, Christine Baranski giving her the opportunity to be slightly racist, but then not because she has a heart and is warm and we get to grow with her on that. Wow. I love that. Wow. God bless. Woo. God bless. Noticeably absent from that shout out, Cynthia Nixon. <laughs> um, I forgot all about the Georgina Stan army. They're that's right. They come for me so hard. Um, for, yeah, for you, gotta, you have to acknowledge them. They're a very um, vicious group. They're I vicious heard. and they're yeah. toxic. And I and at every point, much like Nicki Minaj, I encourage them to be as toxic <laughs> as possible. Yeah, yeah. they're all, they're all also barbs. That's like <laughs> they are. Of, all, yes. the over, it's like barbs, Georgina. Yeah, it's a, it's a circle. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Dave, this has been such a delight. Yeah, yes, truly. I, Thanks for having me. Oh my Thanks God. For doing Thank you it. for doing it. Yeah, it's been a blast. I'm going to go and I, I'm off to go um, have some brunch now, although it's what, four o'clock? It is wow, fully four that o'clock. Is a late brunch. <laughs> okay, so I, I guess I'm going to go have uh, some just proper dinner, but I can't, yeah. wait to, <laughs> yeah. can't wait to think about how I'm going to touch everyone before I do it. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm sure you'll find a classy way, <laughs> a classy but manly, but still feminista way to do it. <laughs> for the girlies. <laughs> yeah. we, do it, we do it all for them. Can I tell you something? The other day, you know how I had been on the podcast, I've been saying girlinas. And then I was mm-hmm. like, I was, I truly in my mind convinced myself I invented it. And then I remembered, no, I heard Catherine say it. Uh, <laughs> like in my mind, I was like, wow, it's crazy that I invented girlinas. <laughs> it's like, no, I really did it. Wow. No, yeah. No, everything, everything is borrowed. Nothing everything is, is borrowed. Yeah. Nothing's you know, you original. Think, you think you're original, yeah. but no. I apologize to the little Georginas. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, um, um, yeah, well, then I guess goodbye. Bye. Happy Lord's Day. Happy Lord's Day. I guess goodbye. <laughs>